Open your eyes. When did we become a plastic society? We got plastic bags, plastic water bottles, plastic straws, plastic cups, plastic wrap, plastic utensils, and plastic to-go containers. That's Jeff Bridges in Open Your Eyes, a camping video from Plastic Pollution Coalition. Plastic is a substance the earth cannot digest. And every bit of plastic that has ever been created still exists. You heard the dude right. Plastic is a substance the earth cannot digest. This is part of the motto for Plastic Pollution Coalition, an organization that is working towards a world free of plastic pollution, its toxic impact on humans, animals, waterways, the ocean, and the environment. Plastic Pollution Coalition is a growing global alliance of more, more than 1,000 organizations, businesses, and leaders over 60 countries. Their global team, besides their founding advisors and executive advisory board, consists of youth ambassadors, supporting artists, and a scientific advisory board. Very recently, I got invited to a workshop on policy advocacy against plastic pollution that was successfully organized by Plastic Pollution Coalition, Oceana, and the student perks. I had a wonderful time. I learned so much about media training, lobbying, campaign planning, crafting local legislation, and many other things. I met amazing people, including Plastic Pollution Coalition's co-founder and managing director, Julia Cohen, with whom I had the pleasure to sit and talk with for this episode. Julia is an incredible woman with a career on leadership and community outreach. Some of her previous positions have been amongst organizations like the Environmental Working Group, Women's National Democratic Club, National Democratic Institute for International Affairs, Save the Children's Youth Noise, Planned Parenthood Federation for America, and many more. Today we talked about Plastic Pollution Coalition, what it does, how we can join, and learn more about plastic pollution. So listen on. Okay. <laughs> I am here today with Julia Cohen. Um, you are the managing director of Plastic Pollution Coalition, and I am so thankful that you have this time for me today to chat about um, what the organization does. So um, I would love for you to explain what the organization does and what your role uh, is in it. Perfect. Wonderful. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's great mm -hmm. to meet you. We've spent time mm -hmm. together here. Um, the Plastic Pollution Coalition is a 10-year-old global coalition of now over 1,200 organizations and businesses, all working towards the goal of a world free of single-use plastic. Um, we have nearly half businesses, including many of the alternative straws or packaging or bottles and um, companies that are coming up with seaweed straws or plastic um, saran wrap replacements like beeswax coated fabric, bees wrap and a bego. Um, and then nonprofits, the Teamsters and the Girl Scouts join the same day. We have ocean cleanup groups. We have, you know, uh, the breast cancer groups, the environmental working group. So everybody from local community organizations to international NGOs like Oceana or Conservation International. And we all unite under a big tent and a banner of really tackling the scourge, the crisis of plastic pollution. That's awesome. Um, and you also work at a policy level with uh, elected officials, and you're at the forefront uh, of, of this. And how, 
how uh, did you how did you get to this to this position? I know you have experience in like uh, you work with uh, many leadership um, organizations as well, and so I just wanted to know how was your your path. Sure. Today? Well, so I came to Washington D.C. 25 years ago mm -hmm. to work in the Clinton administration in the State Department, mm -hmm. doing international family planning and reproductive health policy. I have a background in public health, and I have worked a lot with young people and on reproductive health issues and family planning and population and women's health. And I have done a lot of things since then, but many of them put me in a position to work uh, in grassroots organizing and working with community groups and young people and women um, and students in figuring out how to make change in their communities. And I've worked with many coalitions and um, creating coalitions and working in coalition with groups that may on the outside appear to have different focuses or interests and finding the common ground can really empower people and communities to make change when they come together for a positive solution to things. Um, so one of the things that um, I'm also co-founder of the Plastic Pollution Coalition that my sister and a few other um, folks she met along the way helped start. Um, and it was my suggestion that they form a coalition because they were meeting so many different people who cared about the issue but didn't know what to do. And together, we've been working to help figure out what to do. And we're extremely excited that on February 11th of 2020, the Break Free from Plastic Pollution federal U.S. legislation um, was introduced, um, very upstream focused on how do you turn off the tap of all of the single-use plastic and the, the, you know, materials that are used to make plastic from mostly extractive industries of oil and gas that we stop the flow and we really we can't recycle our way out of the problem that we're in and it's only slated to grow even more exponentially than it already is. So we need to work with policymakers at all levels and globally. We're also involved in the UN Environment Program and the UN Development Program and uh, the Basel Convention and negotiations and advising at the global level, federal level in multiple countries and regions in the world and also at state and local level. Especially right now in the United States, I think the most movement's happening at the local level. So hence us getting to meet each other this weekend. This was an amazing event. I, uh, I, as an individual, aside from the fact that I joined <laughs> Surf Rider not too long ago, I had like a mind-opening uh, experience when it came to policy uh, advocacy. And I'm really grateful that you put this together with Oceana and the student perks, which I also got to learn about this weekend. Um, so tell me a little bit about your... Uh, some of the challenges that you've had when it comes to doing these policies in terms of reaching out to communities uh, or having volunteers, like some challenges that stood out the most and you've overcome perhaps. Sure. Um, you know, this is a journey for everyone individually and, you know, with your own home and family, let alone your community or your, you know, your state. Um, and with groups, and people come at it with different levels of knowledge and experience and information, and it's really important to meet people where they are and help them along the path of getting to a place of understanding not only the climate change connections for plastic pollution, but really the health and individual human health and your family's health impact and the things then that you can do to help change that. So, I mean, every day we're responding to 
what for some people is the barrier to taking the next step or getting more involved or doing more to change, you know, how their life is being affected or impacted. So I don't have one specific story. It's like, you know, at every step along the journey of like, well, do I really need a plastic straw? What's all this hoopla, you know, Mm -hmm. and hype about people talking about banning plastic straws? Um, And, you know, to then a light switch being flipped for people and they start seeing single-use plastic in their entire day Mm -hmm. and you have choices, you know? And and for some people it's flipping that switch and then they just get really involved and they start reading and absorbing and seeking out all the information they can. Um, A lot of people, especially in the United States, do not make the connection between policy and, you know, mm-hmm. what they're being served when they order takeout. I mean, mm-hmm. and, and those things are connected. And there's, you know, health policies and there's business regulations and there are lobbies funding a lot of those things to happen. It's not just per se about your health, but that might be the reason that something's implemented. Mm-hmm. So helping, you know, take people in part of that journey to connect their political power with not only their consumer or individual choice and behavior change to that they can demand change from their political representatives and how our tax dollars get spent Mm -hmm. to ways that are actually helpful for life and humanity and the environment um, and, you know, and ultimately themselves. Do you you think, um, do you work a little bit on what environmental justice does for like lower income communities? Because those are marginalized communities that their only source of food comes in plastic period, you know, they cannot access anything other than that. And is that something that Plastic Pollution Coalition um, helps educate on or? Uh, Definitely, I mean, we're part of and founders of the Break Free From Plastic movement, Mm -hmm. which is a global movement, Mm -hmm. working to educate people from, you know, waste extraction to waste disposal and plastic pollution, where it's created and, and where it ends up and how that impacts the people all along the way. And the majority of people where there are extractions going on and where there are processing plants and where there is waste management going on are poorer people of color or in developing countries and are you know, the front line of this global plastic pollution crisis. Um, and it is a huge component of the education that we do. It is also part of being a coalition. Part of the job of a coalition is to raise the voices of the unheard people who are at the front line. So making sure that when we get called by the press, we're pointing them to Tejas mm-hmm. uh, in Houston mm-hmm. to be the person being interviewed, or mm-hmm. if we're organizing a conference, um, making sure that, you know, it's a student group or a young person who's, you know, the one standing up in front of the microphone at the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C. Um, so those are important things as a as a big tent to make sure that it's not only the same, always the same people doing the talking, doing the interviews, and getting the funding, too. Mm-hmm. So making sure that we're um, funneling opportunities to the groups that we know about who are doing the, some of the most important work around the world mm. and in this country. Yeah, that's really... It's really important. You certainly do a lot of work in terms of education. Uh, one of them more uh, recently was, we watched today, but I've, I've seen it before, was the video 
uh, with Jeff Bridges, uh, you know. Open your eyes. Uh, oh, yeah, open your it, eyes. Yeah. And how you can help stop plastic pollution. And do you see a lot of um, changes when it comes to influencers like him? Uh, well, he's one of our uh, longest involved notable coalition members. Mm -hmm. We have over 150 notables. Mm -hmm. That includes not only actors and uh, musicians um, and artists, but also now many more kind of social media influencers mm -hmm. um, and people from different countries and cultures as well. And I think it's important to um, work with those notable ambassadors or influencers um, to reach their following and their, you know, supporters. Um, so it can be very effective. I, uh, throughout my, you know, kind of political policy organizing advocacy career, I've worked with on many different campaigns where depending on the campaign, it, it, it can be helpful, but it also is not necessarily always the most helpful or the best. Having peer-to-peer, -peer, like young person-to-young-person um, conversations and, and in-person kind of uh, interactions can be more powerful than anything else. Mm -hmm. And in, in many instances, it helps that the, the messenger is someone who looks like you. Mm -hmm. So, but Jeff Bridges, you know, that said, the dude from The Big Lebowski <laughs> um, has an incredibly huge global following and... You know, he is an advocate not only on behalf of single-use, you know, fighting single-use plastic crisis, but also on food issues um, and and other important frontline community issues. And he's a he's a big supporter and advocate um, for for I think real community um, regenerative agriculture and support and, and engagement. So we really appreciate that he, he did that for us now. I don't even remember, more than five or six years ago. Oh, okay. Um, but that video, the Open Your Eyes video with Jeff Bridges, has gotten, I don't know, hundreds of millions of views. Mm -hmm. um, so we're, we're grateful that it, it's still going strong, even if, even <laughs> if there, there are more than 200 cities that have bag bans now. Yeah. Um, so That's amazing. So, yeah, it, you've helped promote most of these, like, uh, ordinances and the bans. Um, and so what are some of, like, those, a story that, I guess, comes up that is, like, very successful? Um, well, one of the more recent ones, besides the federal legislation that's been introduced that we helped work on for the last year, and many of our mm. groups were very involved in, 200 different groups were involved in, you know, comments and, and recommendations and things for that, um, many or most of them, which are part of the, the whole coalition. But... Um, the city of Berkeley, California, mm -hmm. uh, passed the most comprehensive foodware ordinance mm. that is just going into effect. Um, and part of that is encouraging things like insulated reusable coffee cup businesses to now be being implemented because mm -hmm. part of that Berkeley foodware ordinance, it talks about polystyrene, it talks about straws, bottles, cups, all takeout containers, all of this, so that an entire town is now looking at it has to be totally compostable or it has to be reusable. Mm -hmm. And so there's now um, incentives for these many of these new businesses that are springing up all over the world that you, instead of owning your own reusable stainless steel insulated coffee cup that you have to remember to bring, you know, they have them there from a company with a QR code and you have an app and you're just scanning it and you're checking out your cup. And you have a week to return it, and there's many places to return it, and it gets I washed and returned back to that coffee shop. Mm. 
you know? So you're just borrowing the cup yeah. because people lose them and leave them and they're expensive and all this kind of stuff. And then if you don't return it, then you they charge you more and you've bought it kind of thing. Um, so there's a lot of that mm-hmm. popping up all over. That one company that's doing it in Berkeley is called Vessel, and they're a member of our coalition as well. Um, and and there are now awards for investment. For um, There's a company that just won... They won the National Geographic Sky Ocean Plastic Ocean Venture Fund Award, million-dollar investments called El Gramo from Chile. And it is, like, tricycle, like, bulk delivery refill uh, to villages where you can refill your dish soap or your laundry soap. That's and so amazing. you value that plastic bottle. The plastic bottle now has an RFID code chip in it. And when you put it in the machine to refill it with your dish soap, then it charges you, mm-hmm. right? And so you keep using the same bottle mm-hmm. to refill your soap. Instead of paying 40% or more markup for a small single-use sachet that is not recyclable, mm-hmm. this becomes waste and pollution, and you're getting gouged. You're getting charged almost twice as much, right? Wow. So, yeah, and El Gramo is looking to, they now have investment support to deploy in New York, and they're talking to folks in India, and, like, it's about to be, like, being deployed all over the world and for more than just dish soap and laundry you know so that's amazing yeah the the refill revolution is coming yes i know i myself try to refill some of these things we have our first bulk store in miami called Ah. verde market ah they should join the coalition we have bulk stores in other places absolutely i would let them know because they've been really uh uh they break through the, the culture of buying disposable because they have this available yeah um and so for those listening that don't know, don't want to participate or they want to join, how can they join uh, and be part of this? So it's free to join mm-hmm. as an individual, an organization, even a business. You just go mm-hmm. to plasticpollutioncoalition.org, and there's a join page, and it says individual, organization, or business, and you click on that, and you fill out the form. It's an application. Um, it gets sent to us. We, we have some criteria to go through, and we'll ask you questions if we need more information, and then we'll let you know if you, you know, look accepted you to be a member of the coalition Mm -hmm. and then part of that what you get from that is that we can share your information in our newsletter you'll be part of our whole searchable database you know people ask us oh who's doing what where and Mm -hmm. we share that information with journalists with other organizations with other individuals who are working to form local coalitions or networks in their communities Mm -hmm. um, and help especially for like a a refillable store you know we Mm -hmm. we often do our own blog posts and stories about different topics so like there are now more and more refillable stores so like that's a good Mm -hmm. thing maybe we'll do a story about all the different refillable stores that are now members of the coalition there used to just be one maybe was in near austin or in houston there was one in texas there's Mm. you know definitely a bunch in california Mm, yeah um there's one in brooklyn that's become Mm -hmm. very famous but like there's more and more of them yeah everywhere now on my way we are today in tampa but on my way back home to miami i'm gonna stop at a store by sarasota there's also the first refillable store on i think the west coast of uh, florida wow well and i wonder is there a refillable store network because if there's not maybe we create a working group because we have different working groups on different topics and and connect them all to each other Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Well, I am a member, and I am. Uh, when I first met you yesterday, I was kind of starstruck because Aww. I get your emails, and I'm like, "That's her from my email." Uh, so I thank you so much for you having this time. I totally stole you from the event, like I did with uh, everybody else, and um, 
thank you. Thank My you so pleasure. much for this information. Thank you so much. And I hope it helps some other people. And like, let's keep doing this. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Look forward to more. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Thank you so much. <laughs> Following song titled Don't Throw It Away by Keb Mo with Taj Mahal in collaboration for Plastic Pollution Coalition. Last for a million years. You see, someday we will all disappear, but the big idea will still be here. You got to use it again, baby. Don't you throw it away. Now, who can imagine everything it would bring? You can turn that plastic into any old thing. You just can't beat it Till it gets in the ocean And the fish start to eat it You got to use it again Baby, don't you throw it away When now a turtle can't swim And a bird can't sing When they're stuck in the hole Of a six-pack ring We got bottles and bags Caps and cups We got too much stuff We got to Subscribe to this podcast on most major podcast platforms like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or at Anchor.fm. Follow me at minima.lina, that's L-I-N-A, <laughs> on Instagram for some updates. And if you have any questions, please send me a recorded message so that I can feature you in the next episode. And I'll research or have someone in the field answer it for you. Thanks for listening. <laughs>